Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Welcome to NASCAR America, presented by Mobile One. Once again, utilizing our Southern Office Bureau today. And it is warmer here than in Connecticut, everywhere but in this building. I know that's two jabs, <laughs> two days in a row. I'm just going to say it. Uh, alongside the mayor, Jeff Burton, NBC's Nate Ryan. Nate, no off-season for you. You were covering news today. Yeah, we had uh, a couple of announcements, Krista. The first one being that Matt Tift, who'd been driving in, in the Xfinity Series for Richard Childress Racing, Joe Gibbs Racing the last couple of years, is going to move up to the Cup Series in 2019. He'll be driving for Front Row Motorsports, which will expand to a third car. They had acquired a charter uh, this past season from uh, BK Racing, uh, taken over that team, and they had kind of left it up in the air if they're going to expand to a third car. They've decided to to do that, and Matt Tift will be driving the number 36 Ford for Front Row Motorsports in 2019. Now, in addition to this news, we also had a crew chief announcement as well. Mike Wheeler, who we already knew was leaving Denny Hamlin's number 11 team, he will be going to the number 95 team of Levine Family Racing and will be crew chief for Matt DiBenedetto next season. Uh, so, so we know that, but have we heard anything on Denny Hamlin's crew chief then? Who We've takes not. Over? I mean, okay. I've heard rumors, no. but I've not heard any definites. I mean, it okay. seems to me, and Jeff can speak to this, but it seems to me like the, the, the Gibbs... Uh, sort of modus operandi for for installing the crew wet, chiefs. The <laughs> Their mo for crew chiefs <laughs> is <laughs> to uh, <laughs> can you spell mo already off the rails. Their mo for crew chiefs seems to be very much like what they did with Mike Wheeler, which is take a guy who in Wheeler came to Joe Gibbs Racing as an engineer, yep. worked in the Xfinity series, got promoted to the Cup series as Denny Hamlin's engineer, and then got promoted to Cup crew chief. So I would presume, Jeff, that. The replacement that they'd probably be looking for would be an internal candidate, much like that, somebody with an engineering background. Yeah, Joe, Joe Gibbs Racing has done a really good job of bringing people from the Xfinity Series into the Cup season, even into the Cup Series, and even the other way around. You get a Cup crew chief that, for whatever for one reason or another, uh, wasn't going to be in Cup. They find a way to put them back in Xfinity. Uh, they've done a nice job of of teaching people how to race the Joe Gibbs way and then moving them into Cup. So. That would be a standard procedure for Joe Gibbs Racing. All right, Jeff, I have a question for you because yesterday Steve Letarte talked about this time of year from a shop perspective. You know, we see a crew chief change again or a news today. We know it's a good day for Matt Tift as a driver, but what Great is day. this week like for drivers in general, kind of that week after Thanksgiving? So, so to me, you know, once Homestead got done, the year of the season, the year was over, you know, it really started to turn into, okay, what's going to happen next year? And Thanksgiving to me was always that time where, Okay, we're going we're gonna to go to Homestead, we're going to race, and we're going to have Thanksgiving, some family time, we're going to wind down. That Monday and Tuesday after Homestead, after Thanksgiving rather, that's when I'm getting into the following year. So my fitness program, uh, I'm really starting to ramp that up. I'm starting to ramp up my preparation level. I'm sitting down with my crew chiefs, my engineers, all those kind of things. And remember, Krista, this time of year, to the competitors, I know we haven't celebrated in Vegas yet who the champion is, but to the competitors, they're all going to be the next champion. They're all going to go to the Daytona 500 and win the race. So this is a time of optimism. This is a time of saying, okay, these are the things we did wrong. These are the things we needed to be better in. Now we're going to be fixing those things. We're going to be making those things better. So for drivers, really, I think there's always some concern. Are we doing the things? Am I doing the things I need to do to be at the level that we need to be at to win a championship next year? But it's also... 
the time where you are feeling good about yourself. And this is how we're going to fix it. And as you Nate, know, Nate, you've never really gone to the Daytona 500 and interviewed a driver and they say, <laughs> well, we're going to suck this year. That never happens yeah. in Daytona. They might say it in July, but they don't say yeah. it in February. There that are 40 Cup now. champions in, in right. February 2019. I guarantee you everybody we talk to at the media tour in January will be the same way. Hope springs eternal this time of year for NASCAR. And you're right, Jeff. Like What I'm reminded of when you say that is last year, uh, going into the finale and then after the finale, all of the Ford drivers were saying, oh man, Chevy's going to have that new Camaro next year in 2018. We're in big trouble. We're going to take a, take a drubbing, I think is what Brett Keselowski said. And then by January, by media tour time, suddenly all the Ford drivers were like, we're, we're going to be okay. And <laughs> in that case, they were right. I mean, clearly they, they had something figured out in terms of the new inspection system and, and got their cars right. But we're going to hear that, I think, from anybody who we thought had maybe a dismal attitude, dismal outlook, last couple of weeks, we're going to hear a completely new attitude in the next couple yeah, of weeks. The other thing, Chris, is like the announcement we, that we heard today, the two announcements we heard today, these guys have known this was going to happen well before yeah. today. It's just today is when it got announced. So this is a day for those guys where now the world knows it, and now they're moving forward. So really, I, I know we haven't had the banquet yet. I know to a lot of people the year ends at the banquet, but to the race teams that didn't win the championship, when they dropped the checkered at Homestead, the year was over. It's it was moving mm -hmm. forward, and now on a Monday, a Tuesday, a Wednesday, the week after, or the week after that Homestead ra race, it is moving forward and trying to find a way to win championships. Are you guys surprised going back to that Matt Tiff news, by the way, that that non-winners in the Xfinity series, Matt Tiff, Daniel Hemrick, moving up to the Cup series? So I'm a little surprised, but but you know every situation is different, and I will say this about Matt Tiff and and. You know, I was thinking about our shows this week, and one of the things that, that I thought would be interesting was, like, we're, the stories behind the story. And to me, in the Xfinity Series, Matt Tiff was one of those guys. Matt Tiff, I think, had uh, his best year as a race car driver this past year. It may not show up on the record book. It may not show up that Matt Tiff dominated races or anything like that, but he was solid. He was competitive. Uh, RCR did not exactly have winning race cars on a weekly basis. And, and Matt Tiff did a really, really nice job. So a huge improvement for Matt Tiff this year, I think in his maturity level and his preparation level. So, you know, yes, he hasn't won a race, uh, but he's going to a, a, a cup program that's trying to build into a winning program. He's not going into a cup program where they're expecting him to go win races. And he's gonna have to adjust to that a little bit. But I think it's a good situation for him to take that next step in his career and see where it leads. And there is some precedent for guys who don't have a lot of experience or a lot of success, I should say, in the Xfinity series before moving up to Cup. So in the case of Daniel Hemrick and Matt Tiff, granted they don't have quite these sterling resumes yet. They don't have wins in the Xfinity series, but you know, Jimmy Johnson, Ryan Newman, Casey Kane, Kyle Larson. All of those guys had really nondescript Xfinity Series careers before moving into Cup and then, for the most part, winning immediately in a lot of those cases. And Jeff, I think what's interesting about this move for Tift, and he talked about this today, is with the rules changes next year, uh, it's, it's going to be a jump ball in the Cup Series. And this might be a really good time for a young rookie driver to come into Cup, much like I can remember, you probably remember this, in 2002, Newman and Johnson came into the Cup Series at a time when setups were changing, yep. and they were able to drive the cars in a way that veterans such as yourself then struggled with it at first. So it could be an advantage for Matt Tift Sorry. coming in with a little <laughs> bit of a clean slate. Not to disparage your career, Sterling. It's okay, career, I'm of used to it. <laughs> but but your 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 point is correct in that uh, we just talked about how there's so much optimism right now in the garage and in shops and all over racing, and part of the reason for a team you know, like we just talked about is with the new rules package next year, what's gonna happen 
at Atlanta? What's going to happen at Vegas? There's no question that, you know, Atlanta, I think, is still going to come down to whose car handles the best. That may be less of a factor at Vegas. So how does that affect a front row motorsports, a team like that? It could really help a team like that. And Matt Tift, his experience in the Xfinity Series may be a major advantage to a team like Front Row Motorsports. So you just never know how these things are going to map out. But again, it is, you know, you, in a perfect world, guys are winning races in the Truck Series. And they win races in the Xfinity Series. And they win races. But it's not, it, today isn't like it was 10 years ago. Today is, if there's an opportunity, you have to go for it. You have to go try it. And what are you going to do if you're Daniel Hemrick? Say, no, nah, I had my right. Xfinity race, so I'm going to stick around. Right. No, you got Richard Childress, you got sponsors saying, hey, go, go do it. We believe yeah. in you. You got you know, Matt Tiff with an opportunity to go drive for a team that obviously wants him to drive. You can't say no. You have to take that opportunity when you have it. And we do have a driver who's won in the Truck Series and the Xfinity Series with us today. Another young driver with a bright future, Chase Briscoe, will join us live here in studio. He's going to reveal his sponsor and paint scheme for next year in the Xfinity Series. But let's now get to our moments of 2018. That's what we're doing this week. We're bringing you 18 moments from 2018 as we work you closer to the NASCAR Awards Ceremony, which again you can see exclusively here on NBCSN Thursday night at 8 p.m. First up... Another driver named Chase. This one happened back in August and it was one of the most popular wins of the year. He just needs to do seven turns perfectly at Watkins Glen. He goes wide through turn one, the 78 coming up, closing the gap. Thank you, thank you, yes! Turn that valve for God now, boys. Right here for you, big boy. Oh, just kidding, I'm out of gas. I need a push, baby, I need a push. Take a look at this! I got my man Jimmy Jam coming to push. That's a pretty cool picture right there. That's badass, man. That's Warner Fatty right here. I hope all my buddies back home ready to get rowdy tonight. It's gonna be a good one. That win at Watkins Glen was just a start for Chase Elliott. He went on to earn victories at Dover and Kansas in the round of 12. Elliott finished the season sixth in points, reaching the playoffs for a third straight season. So, I mean, no question, that was a feel-good moment. We were there calling that race at Watkins Glen. Jeff, does Chase go into this offseason feeling satisfied? I mean, getting three wins, that's a great year. I, you know, I think it takes a lot to satisfy Chase Elliott. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think anything but winning the championship and Chase Elliott is not even close to being satisfied. I think when he looks back on his career, I think you'll have more appreciation for that moment and this year. Uh, getting three wins in this year was a big deal. Uh, but, you know, Chase is the kind of guy that, you know, I just don't think that he looks back and says, man, that was great. Like he wants to, he wanted to be at Homestead with a chance to win a championship and not doing that. I think that outweighed the other things. But I think Chase uh, should take a moment to appreciate that race because that was a great race. I mean, he, that, that battle between he and Martin Truex, remember Martin had come off three wins in a row on, on, on road courses. He had to beat the best, and, and Martin was all over him. It was, it was fascinating to watch, fun to watch. Chase stepped up to the moment. It was a really, really cool race. Yeah, I mean, he had to earn it, and I feel like after that, he was a different driver. I mean, you could, you could see the confidence was evident in his performance after that, and that's why he won at Dover. That's why he won at Kansas, because he broke through and realized, hey, I can do this. Not that he had a lot of self-doubt, but until you do it, I think there is a little bit of uh, questions there. And, you know, I think Jeff's right. I think 
This is a guy who is extremely hard on himself. Uh, as we saw in the interviews he did, his first two seasons in Cup, whenever he would have those wins get away from him, no one was harder on himself than Chase Elliott. But he probably has a little bit of uh, regret about not getting that championship because once he broke through, I think he felt like, hey, we're championship level. And you never get shots like this that often. And you have to take advantage of them when they're there. But I think Jeff's right. He should take a moment and sort of reflect and realize, hey, I, I'm, I've arrived now. I hope, I hope Chase Elliott and his team step back a little bit and realize that in the two, last two years, Chase Elliott and those, that team have brought their A game to the playoffs. Right. They have been their best when it's the most critical. And I think that that's what winners do. Winners find a way at the biggest moments to step up. And this team and Chase, they've done that. Now, they haven't gotten their championship, but they've been the best at the most important time of the year. That is a down payment on a championship. Okay. That shows they can do it. They just have to execute in the future. I like that. All right, let's keep the youth movement theme going. Another of the young drivers picked up his first career cup win. That came in the July race at Daytona. <laughs> You're starting towards the back right now. Is there a strategy involved? Do you hang out the back? Do you try to charge the front? What's the strategy? I don't know. I wish I knew. You know, I, I would say my strategy for most of the Super Speedway races has been just a race, but obviously that hasn't went too well in every one I've done. So. Coming outside, lines coming. Moving to the outside, Eric Jones is going to go by Casey Kane. Eric Jones, Montreux Jr., side by side for the lead. My mom stayed home from this one. She's going to have missed my first cup win, so hi, Mom. Uh, and my dad, man, he would have been so proud of the work we did to get here. It's just, uh, just an awesome day for us. Wow, so sweet. His mom tweeting uh, after Eric's win. Um, you saw, and I forgot that was before he he chopped off the mullet. That right. was that was the right. win. The mullet was in victory. Like Dale Jr. said, this is a win for mullets. A win everywhere. for mullets everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> How about that? We should have the top 18 Dale Jr. lines from two. That would be one for sure. Uh, Nate, next year Jones is really kind of the young blood at Joe Gibbs with the departure of Suarez, Truex coming in. Will he be back in, in victory lane in 2019? I, I think absolutely. I mean, he was a very trendy pick, I think, for the playoffs because he came in with such momentum, Jeff, and ultimately. They, they kind of washed out after that start at Vegas because of uh, the crash there. But I, I think that team still showed a lot of strength, uh, a lot of performance. You know, people have been talking about this guy for a long time since Kyle Busch discovered him. Uh, truck champion, had a lot of success in Xfinity, and you know, I think the, the best is yet to come. And really, if you, look at, if you look at Eric Jones and the amount of racing that he's done at top levels before he got to Cups, pretty low. So I think his, the growth level that he has is huge. I think he can go a long way. Eric Jones has the right mindset, the right talent. Uh, he can win races and contend for championships. And they, they did not bring their A game to the playoffs. They were not able to do what they needed to do. 
and probably maybe a, would would had had they been able to get in because they were pretty consistent. They never really just led a ton of laps and did that stuff, but their consistency could have been dangerous in the playoffs. Yeah, it looked like they're, Vegas. It looked like all right, they've got some momentum, <laughs> I, and then it just sort of fizzled yeah. from there. But yeah, you just never know what happens in 2019. Okay, coming up, we're going to continue to look back at the moments that made this season in NASCAR so memorable. Up next, the debut of the Roval in Charlotte and how it played a significant role in the playoffs. NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles. Tiger Woods is back and in action against 17 of the world's best golfers in the Bahamas. Oh, that's rough. At the Hero World Challenge, coverage begins Thursday on Golf Channel. Tiger Woods just went head-to-head -head with another champion, Phil Mickelson, in the match. Our next moment of 2018 also featured two champions going head-to-head, -head, but there was a big plot twist at the end. 16 drivers woke up with a shot at the championship. Only 12 will go to sleep tonight with that dream still intact. Elimination Sunday is about to begin. Side by side, green flag in the air. We're racing at the Roval. This is the first time these guys have been on the racetrack with this many cars. Wedding present for Kyle Larson and Caitlin. Stage one win. This battle between these playoff guys is unreal. Kozlowski and the 78 of Martrex Jr. are around. Brian Blaney is going to win stage two. The three has hit the wall again. Going around goes the 10. 37 of Usher also involved. He's taking some of the advertisement with him. And too hard through one. Kozlowski, Larson both into the wall. They pile up. The fight for the win. Martrex Jr., Jimmy Johnson. Now he goes to the inside. That race was crazy. I mean, just looking back on it, you kind of forget some of that stuff happened. I mean, we knew the Jimmy Martin moment at the end, but you were pointing out that Keselowski wreck kind of changed the whole landscape of the race. That was crazy. That was one of the craziest restarts I've ever seen where, like, not just one guy overshot the entrance. It was like four or five of them. They just kept piling in. And, you know, I, I, think, I think looking back on the race, it's easy to pick out these moments in the race where these things happen. But when you really step back and you think about how big of a weekend this was. No one had any idea what was gonna happen when we put all the cars on the racetrack at the same time. They changed the, the inner loop on the back straightaway. They changed it. I, it was just a crazy weekend from the time they unloaded. And, and, and by the way, a good weekend for the sport. It created a tremendous amount of energy, a tremendous amount of drama, but it was all created just normally. It was, here's a race. Here's a different racetrack, a, a completely different thing out of the same racetrack we've gone to for years. And it, and it brought out the best in all the drivers. And it brought out some of the worst, too. But that's what motorsports are about. It's supposed to be difficult. It's supposed to be challenging. And this weekend was certainly that. And it delivered on the hype. I and mean, everybody, us included, spent a lot of time talking about how unique this was going to be, how different it was going to be. And when I watched that restart crash, that's what I think about is that there was all this talk leading up to the race about, oh, my God, you know, they, they haven't really known what it's going to be like when they're on old tires going through, you know, there's no chicane on restarts. So they hadn't been able to judge in real life conditions what it's going to be like entering turn one at that speed 
on old tires. And we're like, ah, I, I, I've heard this before. It, it, they'll be fine. And then sure enough, that crash is, I think Todd Gordon, Logano's crew chief, described it, described it as a bunch of guys like following Brad off a cliff. I mean, it was like it was like nothing we've seen in NASCAR recently. And then on top of that, here's seven-time champion mm -hmm. coming to the checkered flag. Yep. If you finish where you finish, you're going to make the like you're in, like you're going on, and he goes for the win. Yeah. And if I ask you before the race, if I ask a hundred fans, I said, okay, Jimmy Johnson can can run second and move on in the playoffs. What's he going to do? Oh, he's going to run second. Here's Jimmy Johnson, old seven time. He's like, I'm going to win this race. <laughs> Forgot about the rest of it. And, you know, Martin Truex was unhappy for sure. But that showed you the determination and the desire to win races, not just put yourself in position in the playoffs that a guy like Jimmy Johnson has. And that's why he's a seven time yeah. champion. It's well, that remember, desire. I can remember after that thinking, like, oh my goodness, he just, like, he's out of the playoffs. Like, this is over now. You know, but it right. shows you again, like you said, how important winning is and how, if you're a fan of Jimmy Johnson, that's why you're a fan, you know, a fan yeah. of any driver because they're going for the win at all costs. And the way he handled himself afterward, yeah. that he was so composed and he did the usual really professional, consummate professional job of answering every question, even though he had just essentially lost a chance at probably at that time, he knew winning a final championship with Chad Knauss. I think about that last lap, Jeff, and just that was my moment of the year because it wasn't just Truex versus Johnson. It was Eric Almirola barely getting in. Kyle Larson turning one of the most, uh, you know, maybe the ugliest lap in NASCAR history to have such a, a positive outcome uh, from it. I, you know, and, and, you know, we talked about Jimmy Johnson. We praised him for the desire to win the race. But how many people in, in racing could get by with that move and all of us not just get on him? A seven-time champion going for the win was praised. If this was a young guy... That was, you know, trying to earn his way in. We'd all be doing, what are you doing, man? What are you thinking? But when you're a seven-time champion, you get a little bit of latitude. All right. We know, um, by the way, you remember who won that race, right? Uh, Ryan Blaney. Blaney yeah. yeah, we know Ryan Blaney won the cup race at the Roval. Do you remember who won the Xfinity race that weekend? I do. I you do. do? In a dominating what? fashion, by the way. He is here. Coming up, we're going to be joined by Xfinity Series driver Chase Briscoe. Hey, Chase, who has a big announcement for the 2019 season. He joins us live when NASCAR America returns. NASCAR America is brought to you by the Salvation Army. With just 28 giving days until Christmas, Giving Tuesday is the perfect time to join the fight for good. season about to be erased for Chase Briscoe. He gets his first Xfinity Series win. Hey, boy, I'm so freaking proud of you. Oh, Jamie, thank you so much. I hope somebody gives you an opportunity to do this more often because you damn sure deserve it. God is so good, man, to, to just get an opportunity to drive race cars and to do it for my hero, Tony Stewart, to get a win. Three years ago, I was sleeping on couches, volunteering at race shops, just trying to get an opportunity, and now uh, winning here in Charlotte, the first one on the Roval. That's uh, pretty unbelievable. One of the best interviews of the entire year, in my opinion, because it had the genuine emotion. That was a history-making day for this guy, Chase Briscoe, the first NASCAR win on the hybrid Charlotte Road Course Oval. Chase, thanks for coming in, hanging out with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. And you uh, are going to make some history some hist uh, next year, too, because someone is giving you an opportunity. You have a big announcement to make today. Yeah, I'm super excited to announce I'll be full-time in the 98 for Stuart Haas with Biaggi. Um, it's just such an awesome opportunity for me. You know, like I said earlier, you know, Tony Stewart was my hero growing up. Coming from Indiana, you know, being a sprint car guy, it doesn't get any better. So to be able to do that with Nutrichamps, uh, you know, they've been a longtime supporter of mine. Scott Pett, 
Uh, they go all the way back to my ARCA days. So to, to be full circle now, running for Tony Stewart with Nutrichomps on the car, they're going to be on it for the first 13 races, and uh, we're really excited for 2019, that's for sure. What's awesome. Nutrichomps, man? Yeah, they're a rawhide-free dog food, so it's you know it's healthy for the dog. You know they have a lot of internal problems if they don't, if they have rawhide, so it's a healthy alternative for the dogs. 100% rawhide-free and completely digestible. Now I know drivers always do a lot for their sponsors. You realize you didn't have to go and get a dog just because you have Nutrichomps yeah, on the so, car, but that's what you did. Yeah, I had a busy weekend. I, I got uh, engaged to my girlfriend Marissa, now fiance, and I surprised her with a dog. We got a French Bulldog, so he's like the <laughs> official Nutrichomps dog. So Aww. he's been tearing it up this week with, with all the Nutrichomps. I think we fed him like 10 yesterday, so <laughs> he's uh, been having the time of his life. Wait, you already have the tree up too? Yeah, we got the tree up. Oh, I mean, we've been, we've been all in. You're having yeah. quite the week, man. Yeah, it's been, wow. it's been a hectic week. It's been a good week though, so. I've uh, been really excited for this opportunity, obviously, and to be able to come talk to you guys. It's been a, been a long time uh, in the making, and we've been trying to get this thing announced for a while, and we finally got it all detailed out. So uh, we're definitely excited for Daytona. So how about, how about uh, is it last year yet, or is it this year? Which is I don't it? But know. How about somewhere the year between. we just got done with? <laughs> you drove all kinds of stuff. Like, you were in road course cars. You were, you were all over the place. How difficult was that? Yeah, it was hard, you know, going from, I ran some IMSA stuff, I ran sprint cars, midgets, Xfinity, I ran the truck race, so it, it does make it hard when you're jumping in and out of cars, but, you know, when you're not full-time, that's the best case scenario, because I was getting different types of cars, different disciplines, and I really think it makes you a better race car driver down the road, and there's no doubt that, you know, running the IMSA stuff this past season, you know, helped me win the Roval, I feel like, for sure, just getting that experience of, of running road courses. I feel like the NASCAR guys don't necessarily get the chance to go run a lot of road course races, and I ran eight of them, and we tested all of them, so it was a, definitely a big help. We had an IMSA driver, IMSA champion, Brian Sellers, on with us yesterday. You ran IMSA races, and IMSA's going to be on the, the yep. NBC networks next, next season, so that's really cool. But you also won, we shot, saw the Roval win, you won at Eldora. I yeah. mean, I know that, you know, for, like you said, Tony's your hero. Um, growing up nearby in Indiana, that had to be pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. You know, growing up just a dirt sprint car guy, Eldora is, you know, really our Daytona. So to be able to win at Eldora uh, was definitely special. And to have Tony come up in victory lane and talk to me, and it was just a, a great day. And honestly, that thing came together literally a week before the race. I flew up, I think, three days before the race weekend and got our seat put in it. So. Uh, hopefully we can do it again. I'd love to go back and hopefully be the first two-time winner of that event. So clearly you're really excited about this coming year, your opportunity. Uh, but talk to me about how difficult it was. You run a full-time truck, then it all goes away. Like there's not a truck team to go drive for. What is going through your mind at that point in your career? Yeah, it's, it's hard. You know, for me, I don't come from money or family money, and I really didn't ever have a huge sponsor. So, you know, for me, I went from sleeping on couches to having a full-time ride and, you know, Brad's deal. I got a call literally 30 minutes before the team shut down. So I had no oh, wow. idea what I was going to do. The whole plan was I was going to run two years there and then hopefully Xfinity. But, you know, I've just been so thankful that Ford's gotten behind me. I, they're really the only reason, you know, I've done stuff in the past. And now having Nutrichomps come on board and having Ford on the car, it should be a really great season. So I uh, was definitely thankful for Ford and all they've done. And they've continued to put me in really good race cars. And we're in probably the best one next year. So we're excited. So, so that experience of not knowing if you're going to be able to drive a race car, does that help you today? Yeah, I think so. I think it makes you certainly want it more. It gives you more drive and desire, I feel like, and it just makes you more appreciative. It makes you, you know, try harder each and every day and try to continue to make this your career. You know, like I said earlier, I don't come from a big financial backing and, you know, going from sleeping on couches for literally three years makes you want a little bit more than those other guys. You know, I have to, I have to go run good. I have to win races. Otherwise, I don't have a job. So I think at the end of the day, it definitely helps me. 
I think too. Look, I, you know, we knew that you were from Indiana. You know, raced a bunch of you know dirt sprint cars. I didn't realize that you at one time broke Jeff Gordon's record for the youngest to win in a 410 sprint car. I didn't. I, I, didn't I don't know if it's that. an official record, but at the but time, I guess yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah, I was. I started racing sprint cars at 13. And I think Jeff won at 14. So yeah, we won there at a local track in Indiana, and it was uh, definitely special that night. It's cool. So what are you looking forward to most of next year? You know, you have a full-time Xfinity program, and. Uh, you know, rules are different from Xfinity to, to, to trucks, a cup and all that. But when you think about next year with the Xfinity program, what excites you the most? I'm just excited to be in a stable situation. You know, I'm going to be working with the same team, the same crew chief. We have a great sponsor, Nutrichomps. We have really fast race cars at Stuart Haas and with Biagi. So I'm just excited to get to the racetrack each and every week and have a consistent, you know, baseline to know what I'm going off of. You know, the teams show that we have really good speed. Cole was fast all year. You know, the few races we ran in the 98, we were fast. So it's going to be nice to, to go there and be able to build a notebook throughout the year and, and really get better each and every weekend. You know, I just realized, too, we talked yesterday about how strong the Xfinity Series, the, the pool of talent. Yeah, you talk about two full-time cars, at Stuart, you and, and Cole Custer. That's going to be a tough combination. Yeah, it would be a tough combination. Cole yeah. is, so you guys work together much? Yeah, so I actually drove Cole's Dirt Midget at the Chili Bowl in 2015. So me and Cole have obviously been really good friends and then running the five races this year. You know, he helped me at the Roval probably more than anybody. I was really struggling the first two days, and, you know, he went through tons of tape with me and notes and really helped me. So me and Cole work really well together. We work out almost every single day together. Uh, Ford actually hired Dan Jansen, the Olympic gold medal. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're pretty close friends, I'd say for sure. So you're running? like. Man, I'm not a very good runner, but, but we work out almost every single day. So you're, you're working out with an Olympian, engaged, new dog, full-time ride. Chili Bowl coming up? Yeah, I'm actually leaving tomorrow to go to Gateway Whew. Dirt Nationals, uh, run the midget there, Chili Bowl, Dewcoin. Yeah, it's been, been a busy couple Life weeks. Life is good. Christmas yeah. came early. Yeah, yeah life's been good. It's good. Well, thanks for coming yeah, in and bringing the car, me. showing yeah. us the car. Congratulations, yeah, and we'll see you on it. track next year. Yeah, thank you, guys. All right, coming up, Joey Logano's win at Martinsville paved the way for the 22 team to take home the title at Miami. Plus, Joey has shown what it takes to be a champion away from the track. That story is next on NASCAR America. This Thursday, it's the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series Awards live from Las Vegas, seen exclusively right here on NBCSN. Tune in as we honor this year's champion, Joey Logano. Plus, find out who will be named most popular driver. The first time in 15 years, it won't be an Earnhardt. Coverage begins with the NASCAR America Red Carpet Show, where Austin Dillon will be our guest reporter. That's 8 p.m. Eastern, right here on NBCSN. Speaking of Vegas, tonight, William Carlson and the Vegas Golden Knights are in action against the Chicago Blackhawks. Coverage begins with NHL Live at 7 p.m. Eastern on NBCSN. Right now on NBCSports.com, it's the debut episode of Desert Gold, a four-part series that takes you into Vegas' incredible run to the Stanley Cup Final. Here's a sneak peek. Back home is a small town, a lot of hockey. Around this time, the snow would be coming. <laughs> Very cold. Las Vegas is, uh, you know, the capital of the world, and uh, it's incredible. We wanted to be an entertaining team. We wanted to be able to score goals. The fans are alive. It almost shakes the building. It's always very loud. This city was waiting so long for a professional franchise, and they fit the bill to the team. 
the lifestyle, the weather. I can guarantee you it's probably one of the best places to play in the league. And that's it! It's over! The Knights are going to the Stanley Cup Final! Desert Gold is available now at NBCSports.com and on the NBC Sports YouTube channel. Well, much of the NASCAR world is in Las Vegas as we speak, getting ready to celebrate Joey Logano's championship. A few weeks before his title race, some would say his path was destined. You just got to expect Martinsville at the end of the race. You're going to have some bumping and grinding. Man, that got physical. I never knocked him out of the way. We were going to race hard for it. Martin Trex Jr. looking for a trip to Miami. I knew it was coming. Everyone probably saw that it was coming. Here comes Legato. He shoves him up the racetrack. A drag race. They're sideways. Miami, baby. Yes. Truex not happy. They won the battle. He ain't winning the damn war. That's I'm a hard racer. I don't think that's a secret to anyone. It was fair. I thought it was square. He got chicken. What goes around comes around. This was our shot, maybe our only shot, so we had to make it happen. I say good for Joey. You know, we applaud Jimmy Johnson for going for the win at all costs there. Joey Logano doing the same. We're going to discuss that. But Joey already won something else this season, the 2018 Comcast Community Champion Award. Since its inception, the Joey Logano Foundation has invested nearly $3 million to hundreds of organizations through several charitable programs. With more, here's Carolyn Mano. Several NASCAR drivers and many team members did something very special yesterday when they rallied around the family of five-year-old NASCAR fan Jake Leatherman, who passed away last week after a courageous battle with leukemia. It all started from a little kid named Jake Leatherman. We went to his funeral uh, along with a lot of other team members, and none of us have ever met him while he was still with us. And I left there sad, but really mad that we missed an opportunity. And that's why we started the JL Kids Group, is to find kids that have a life-threatening illness that are huge race fans and make them part of the team. And just to see them smiling and happy and getting this once-in-a-lifetime experience, that's the coolest thing. My favorite NASCAR driver is Joey Logano. My name is Jonah Williams. I'm from Winston-Salem, North Carolina. I'm nine and a half years old. So you're keeping this one straight? All the time. Good. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> Do I like NASCAR? I'm a NASCAR fanatic. Joe Logano is my favorite because he helps a lot of people who are sick sometimes and he makes them feel better. The JL Kids crew is just one facet of many when it comes to the Joey Logano Foundation. Team Logano is the fan club that gives back by helping assemble over 600 comfort care backpacks each year. The foundation hosts Driving Hope Home, an annual fundraiser in Connecticut. During the 10-week stretch of the NASCAR playoffs, they donate grants and find time to give back to the local communities in each of the race markets through the foundation's Chasing Second Chances program. The list goes on and continues to grow each year we give our time. That's what people appreciate. Those are the relationships that you're building when you put that time in. In the last five years, the Joey Logano Foundation has invested over $2.7 million, but more importantly, has affected the lives of over 200,000 children. We want to keep growing it and keep affecting more and more lives. And main goal to me is to make sure it lives on past my racing career. How's that? Awesome. <laughs> well, I don't think he knows the impact because it's it's so huge. 
He says, it's no big deal. This is just what you're supposed to do. And the fact that he thinks of it that way, that you're just supposed to help people, and that he is living this life and it's given him such a big opportunity, that's awesome. He's just an awesome person. <laughs> that's why I married him. <laughs> Joey and his wife, Brittany, and of course they'll be in Las Vegas. It's their week uh, with their son, Hudson. Um, Nate, this seems like a silly question after seeing that, but I'm going to ask it anyway, and I'm going to ask it in this way. Joey will be an incredible champion. Why? Uh, Fill I in think, the blank. I think you saw it in that piece, Krista, that at 28 years old, he has an enormous amount of perspective. And the night before he won his first cup championship, he went to a supermarket near the track in Homestead, and helped out 100 needy families with gift cards through his foundation. And that he took the time out to do that on the eve of the most important race of his career, and then talked about it afterward, talked about how he appreciated meeting all those families after winning his championship, and you know that some people get a bad draw in life, and that he understands that as somebody who's 28 years old. Jeff, I just think he's a really good ambassador, and you know that's the type of champion that NASCAR wants. I think he's a great ambassador, and I think what Joey Logano brings that's so difficult as an athlete is he has two personalities. He has a personality when you put your helmet on, you have to be selfish, you have to be arrogant, you have to be egotistical, you have to be all the things that your mom told you not to be. <laughs> when you take that helmet off, you have to be this. And what Joey Logano does uh, is amazing what he does. And, and when you see he and his wife, Brittany, and you see them at those events, you can look in their eyes. They're not doing it because there's a camera there. They're doing it because they want to do it. And, and you know their passion for it is... is, is it's very, it's very clear. It's very uh, simple. They just want to do it. And, and I, I, you know, he is going to be, I love the way he races and I love the way he behaves off the racetrack. And to, in my opinion, uh, some fans don't like him. I get it. That's what sports are about. You know, you have to have people that boo somebody, right? That's what fans are about. That's what sports are about. But Joey Logano is the total package. He really is. And, and he's matured. He's learned. He's very young. He's still so young. And to have a, gra a grasp on the fact that he's fortunate enough to be doing what he's doing. I mean, he gets to drive a race car for a living. That in itself is a blessing. Uh, but being able to, to, to be able to take a moment, step back, put time, effort, energy, money into helping other people, as, as, many, of, as many of the drivers and team members do, uh, is a really special thing. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned the perspective to be able to do that. And I think the time is what's key. And Brittany mentioned there in the yeah. story, you know, a lot of, you can write a check and that's fantastic. I mean, that's needed, but that, that time that he gives, sure. um, you know, to all of those causes within his foundation. Well, coming up, 17 year old Haley Deegan made national headlines when she became the first woman to win in the KNN Pro Series. We'll look back at her history making performance when NASCAR America returns. NASCAR America is brought to you by the Salvation Army. With just 28 giving days until Christmas, Giving Tuesday is the perfect time to join the fight for good. Sunday night is football night. Phillip Rivers set completion records two days ago, while his Chargers will face two-time Super Bowl winner Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers. Football night in America is at 7 Eastern with kickoff at 8.20 Sunday night only on NBC. Time now to make a social pit stop. You are looking at three-year-old, yes, three-year-old Owen Larson. And guys, it looks to be following in dad Kyle's footsteps. On the gas. <laughs> Making stuff happen. I think he wins this race, even I, though there's nobody else in. Well, look at that. I mean, you know, most three-year-olds would be off in the trees somewhere. I'd be like, okay, not far behind could be Owen's baby sister, Audrey, who appears to have also caught the racing bug. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. 
You know, when Audrey gets a little older, maybe her dad can tell her stories of Haley Deegan, who made some NASCAR history of her own in 2018. Deegan became the first ever female to win a K&N Pro Series race. Oh my god, this has to be the best day of my life right here. I don't think it gets any better than this. A huge weekend for her dad, Brian Deegan, the whole family. How many days, how many hours I put into this, how much work I've done to get to this moment. So I think it answered the question that Beyonce asked, who runs the world? Girls, that's right. This is the happiest day of my life. We did it! Woo! I didn't realize we were getting Beyonce into the show today. And if, if you told me it was going to happen, I would have thought it was Nate who would bring it up. Really? Not, yeah. No, I don't know. I don't have any Beyonce stuff, Krista, but... I thought you'd like that. I, don't I appreciate him. I think he's I, Beyonce. I think, I think he's holding back day. on us. Yeah. Um, Haley, no. would you say followed, um, or at least maybe not a similar path as your son Harrison, but kind of in that same uh, vein of, you know, working their way up through the ranks? Yeah. I and mean, that's what the K&N series is about. The K&N series gives... Young drivers a chance to go asphalt racing. Uh, you saw that racetrack they were racing on. Very, very small racetrack. Very tight. And that's what this series is about, is teaching guys how to race. And you can see Haley Deegan, you know, moved, just kind of moved him out of the way. There was an opening there, and she jumped in it and took it. And, but Haley had a solid year. She also sat on the pole uh, at the dirt race out in Vegas. Uh, she had a solid year, and she's, she's doing things the right way. And I think it's so important to let her continue to develop. You know, don't push her too quickly. Let her to continue to develop and, and keep running those K&N races and expand and try to run some ARCA races and get some big track. Uh, but she's got some talent for and, sure. And if she has success, she's got the personality. We had her here <laughs> a couple of days after that and hearing her during that interview, I mean, she's just has this charisma and just infectious and obviously she was in a good mood. She had reason to be, but uh, she really, I think, caught the NASCAR world by storm. She had a lot of drivers tweeting at her, and I think that they saw in her not only a lot of potential as a race car driver, but also a lot of potential as a personality. And she grew up in a home where she was used to kind of maybe exposure publicity. Her dad, Brian right. Deegan, um, obviously kind of molded the path for you. You saw him hugging her there in that video. So congratulations. Definitely one of our moments for 2018. Coming up, five of NASCAR's best will take their rightful place alongside the legends of the sport in the NASCAR Hall of Fame in February. We will relive the moment when those new members were revealed when we come back. NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles. Welcome back as we continue to bring you some of the best moments from the 2018 season. Our next pick will actually be completed with an induction in early 2019. Our final moment today, the announcement of the next class for the NASCAR Hall of Fame. We have five very distinguished inductees. Please welcome Jeff Gordon into the Hall of Fame. What NASCAR has done to the Hall of Fame to make it so special and certainly what it's meant to my career. So, man, I'm on cloud nine right now. Please welcome a longtime car owner, Jack Roush, is in the Hall of Fame. It's awesome, you know, on the backs of giants, I've been carried to success and to a recognition that otherwise I could not have been, it would have been beyond my grasp individually. Roger Penske's in the Hall of Fame. There are names that will be remembered forever and Penske is one of them. And 2018 is one memorable season of many for a man that's done great things for auto racing. Davey Allison's involved. It is a great honor. I felt like when I was inducted into here, it was such a great personal honor. But it's a great honor for Davey to be inducted too. And I'm really looking forward to Donnie Allison. 
getting in this thing before too long down the road. Please welcome Alan Kowicki. Phenomenal owner-driver, phenomenal organizer, phenomenal race car driver. Did everything. That's the old school way of doing it. And you will see that induction on NBCSN. While we're in the Hall of Fame mood, last week our very own Jeff Burton was named as one of eight new members of the Virginia Sports Hall of Fame. Among the other inductees, former NFL players Keith Miller, Reuben Brown, and Olympic gold medalist diver Mark Lindsay. The induction ceremony takes place on April 6th in Virginia Beach. Congratulations. Thank you. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. How did you find out? What did they um, give you a call? Actually called me the uh, week of Homestead and uh, and uh, and told me that I was being inducted. It was a cool phone call. It's nice to be recognized by your home state. That's awesome. That's cool. And of course, that um, Hall of Fame induction is going to be special. You think you're Roger Penske going in the year after he wins the championship. That's going to be really neat. For yeah, the Hall that's of Fame. really cool. And obviously, Jack Roush mm -hmm. has a couple of championships. Jeff Gordon. You know, don't even need to say what he's done yeah. in his career, but four titles and the amount of star power uh, in this class, I think it, it puts it up there with one of the best classes so far in this Hall of Fame. Yeah, I'm so glad that, that you know, the decision has been made that owners that are active today deserve to be in the Hall sure, of Fame. Right. Without successful car owners, we have no racing and they shouldn't have to retire before they get honored. So it's great to see Roger and Jack uh, both get in. That's, I think that's the right thing to do for the Hall yeah, of Fame. Yeah, it's going to be really special. Of course, um, you know, we still didn't have, right, we didn't have a unanimous, right? Jeff Gordon right, was right. not a so unanimous, a so it's short. still, we'll have to see if that ever happens. Um, Somewhat but, controversial. Yeah, yes. so the next I week, demand a recount. It's crazy. <laughs> not again. So we're going to have more moments um, tomorrow on Wednesday. You guys are off the rails. This is completely, um, but then we have the award ceremony on Thursday. It's going to be really special for Joey Logano. That's what everything sort of leads up to this week. Yeah, and I, I love the award ceremony because of the champion's speech. I think you learn a lot about the driver and you know what they have to say about not only you know their place in NASCAR but about what NASCAR means to them. So I'm I'm looking forward to what he has to say. And the journey. I mean, this yeah. is a celebration of the journey it took to get there. It's, and the people who got there. Exactly. And a lot of people think about well, that's just that moment, but mm -hmm. all the things it took to get there, racing quarter midgets as a kid with his dad, yeah. all that stuff help make this happen. You'll see it beginning 8 p.m. Eastern on NBCSN, beginning with the red carpet special. That's all for NASCAR America. We had young drivers making news, legendary ones being enshrined. That's a full day. For all of your NASCAR news, log on to NBCSports.com slash NASCAR. We'll be back tomorrow at 5 Eastern. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.